Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. Dear Edify, I hope this finds you well. Today marks the 20th anniversary of my arrival here as pulpit minister of this particular church. I'll never forget how eager I was to serve as a preacher and how happy my young family was to transition from preaching school to a small rural church like the one I continue to serve today. I pray that I've served this congregation well these past two decades, that I have preached God's words faithfully, that I have loved them fully, but I must admit something. I'm surprised that I'm still here on the day that the congregation hired me. There were th- there were 80 people on the membership roll. Today, there, there's 92. That's not much difference. Sure, there have been several people who, who have placed membership over the years, and there have been a few conversions too. But there have also been some who haven't remained with us. The small town our church serves as a macrochasm of the church that we are that we are. Population in the entire county was twelve thousand when I first began, and today it sits at nine thousand eight hundred. There's not much happening here, and our young people always seem to leave for the city and the opportunities it offers for careers and, as much as I hate to say it, more prominent churches and preachers. Honestly, and I hope this doesn't sound prideful, I always thought I would serve a larger congregation in a more highly populated and more significant place. It seems nowadays, too, that a preacher has to build his platform through social media. But I haven't really done that because nobody is going to read the musings of a preacher serving in church, serving in such an obscure place. Same with books. I have ideas, but who would ever read me? When you have so many other good options by preachers in, who preach before, hundreds and, and sometimes thousands each week or a few times a year. Now that I've reached middle age, I sometimes wonder what might have been. Have you ever felt this way? Should I think about making a change at this juncture? Maybe look for a new position in a larger place? Or is this genuine merit? Or is there genuine merit in doing the same thing week in and week out for the same people for a lifetime? As you can probably tell, I'm beyond discouraged and am being tempted by anxious thoughts about what I've accomplished for the Lord. Thank you very much and would appreciate your thoughts on this matter obscure preacher well obscure preacher your your question as i understand it how can we be filled with joyful contentment in pulpit ministry uh when our setting is one of uh well what's the three dollar word anonymity yeah and obscurity so that's a great question and it's important because it addresses a tension that most of us are going to face on the one hand i suppose that we all um (coughs) at least occasionally wonder what it would be like uh, to be all widely well-known in all of the ministry circles and all over the United States, around the world, or whatever. Fame itself is not a bad thing. I have a, a number of spiritual heroes who are, you know, biblically um, sound, but they're also, you know, well-known in the brotherhood. Um, God has used, let, let me use a, a, a more modern word, their platform, okay, tongue-in-cheek, uh, to work wonderful blessings in people's life, mine included, they're great writers, they're great preachers, they're great teachers, they're all the above, and and they're they're being used by God, and, and we're thankful for those folks. And and that has to be a thrill, but it also has to be exhausting at the same time. Uh, the think about the demanding pressures that it would have been. So these are just my initial thoughts. We think about quote being famous, um, or, or well known, or or whatever that may be. That that does have a 
an inward focus more than it does on a on a Godward focus, just in general. Um, but here's the reality: most of us who stand in pulpit ministry um, will ever be famous to the world, but we are famous enough to God. Many of us who labor our whole lives in settings where no one outside of the particular church where we are will ever know our names. And so let's ask this question, is contentment even possible for this obscured preacher who feels like that he's a nobody and hasn't done much and um, he's not uh, had a successful, quote, career or ministry or he feels like that he, he would have been somewhere else, but he's not. So if you're wondering if it's possible to be content in such an environment, the word is yes. Um, if your contentment depended on, on, on being widely known, then contentment would certainly be an impossibility. So the good news is is that true contentment does not depend on the breadth of, of our particular ministry, how, how wide our paint strokes are, if you will. Um, God sovereignly, God graciously places us in... Uh, current work, pulpit ministry, um, and you, you and I are are witnesses of things, uh, problems, play, you know, plaguing the church in America, um, the closing down of factories or the opening of factories, negative population shifts, school closings, business closings, COVID, this, that, and the other, fill in the blank. Uh, but we have to admit this this reality: we are we are unable to protect the church from being affected by by those particular changes. Um, I preached at Collierville when I was in preaching school in Memphis, and it was a very transient area. FedEx is the home there in Memphis, and there were a whole lot of folks who lived in Collierville right outside of, of Memphis or, or Germantown or you know places like that, and, and they drive into Memphis to work. Well, that, that type of work is, a, is, is really um, uh, transient work. There are folks who, who are going to be there for three to five years, and then they're moving on to another place in FedEx. That's just the nature of the beast. So there's nothing you can do about that. Um, and so that's that's just that's just the way it is sometimes. But I'm certain that, that, that very few of us, um, well, let me put it this way. I, I'm very certain that that few people are going to know our names outside of our churches, and that's just the way that it is. And it's probably a blessing for us. Um, God has been faithful, and God will always be be faithful through all of your work. He will sustain you through every um, every bit of this, and and He will give you a, a deepening sense of contentment if you put your eyes and your heart on the things that will bring those things. So yes, I, it is possible to be deeply joyful. Uh, and content, even when there's nobody outside of the local church who will ever know your name. Well, the question is how, though? Because it may not be a pride thing. It may be a, I just want to be a blessing to God's people. I want to be used by God. I want there to be many people. I want to baptize thousands of people. And so sometimes that's just not a reality. It's just not the way that we'd like for it to be. But is there contentment? Well, yeah, but let's talk about how. It, it may be that the heart of our question and the obscure preacher here may be, you know, being known. And I, I think that that shows us the way forward. You know, it's been, it's been my experience that, that we can we can absolutely overflow with joyful contentment in every single circumstance. Uh, Paul did, and uh, Paul was in a jail cell. Paul was without. Paul was beat. Paul was this. Paul was that. Paul did a whole lot of enduring and not a whole lot of complaining. 
because he 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 was known by God and he knew God and so that's that's where I want to take our our minds there. I want I want to focus on some things that are that are three particular. Um, the word is superior, superior joys. Number one is the joy of knowing and being known by God. Uh, this is the first and the absolute most important key to contentment is to focus on the irreplaceable joy found in knowing God and being known by Him. So in knowing Him, we're, we're going to find a joy that no amount of fame or money, etc., could ever afford. And no no degree of obscurity. No 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 matter where the church building is located, no matter the church size, no matter the 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 fruit that comes from it, none of those things. So there's there's a passage that I love, Jeremiah seventeen, and it's verses five through eight, and and this is an encouragement to me, and I would give it to you. Thus says the Lord: Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, in an un, uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when he comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. So Jeremiah's warning here in seventeen five through six speaks directly to this this brother's issue, this preacher's issue, and if you're listening to this, your issue, or my issue. So when we look for the approval of man, and when we seek that approval by our own mechanisms, aren't we guilty of trusting in man? I think so. Aren't we aren't we guilty of having our hearts that are that are turning away from the Lord? I, I think so. So what does that tell us? Well, we're getting the result of the misguided aim. We're not we're not content, but we're we're spiritual barren, okay? And we're going to become like shrubs in the desert. We're we're not going to see any of the good that we desire to come come to pass if we pursue contentment by uh, means of of man's applause. Then then we will certainly, both emotionally and spiritually, uh, live in the desert, in, in the parched places of the wilderness, in in, in an uninhabited salt land. We're going to be destined to experience. Uh, the exact opposite of what it is that we're seeking. But what a magnificent promise that this prophet lays out for us uh, in the next few verses. If we turn from trust in man, we put our trust in the Lord. If our focus is not being known by man, but on knowing God and being known by him, look at these results. There's a spiritual vitality and fruitfulness um, that is certain to afford us contentment, regardless of our situation, regardless of the desert, regardless of this or that and the other. So I want to encourage you to memorize this particular song, this 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 word from Jeremiah, and also you know passages like it, Psalm one. That's that's an easy one. Okay, they're going to send rivers of contentment that are producing power, power, power flooding into your heart. Um, I have found that to the degree that if I immerse myself daily in the pursuit of joy in God and and by grace. Um, am able to know and to enjoy and to experience that, I discovered that desire for the praise of man is driven from my consciousness, not from God. So let me encourage you and everybody else and myself to place the highest possible priority on knowing and enjoying God. Use all of God's means of grace to the fullest extent possible in your fight for joy in God. 
So there is real freedom in this particular grace of, of knowing and being known by God. So when, when we spend ample time in communion with him through word, through prayer, he fills us to overflow uh, with this particular joy. This sets us free to focus, you know, all of our efforts on, on, on serving other people. And don't forget, don't forget the words of Jesus here. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many, wanting to be noticed by others and wanting others to make much of us and meet our needs is a prescription uh, for pulpit frustration, okay, for, for, for spiritual frustration. Um, and unfortunately, you heard it, and I've heard it all. We've all heard voices from preachers who desire to move on to, to another church because their, quote, current church doesn't sufficiently appreciate them or they don't do enough for them. Um, but if your joy is based on how much others are taking notice of you and meeting your needs, then you're going to be frustrated more often than not. So lack of contentment can absolutely kill our effectiveness in ministry. And we have to bask in the idea and the joy of being known by God, not only knowing Him and having Him be our trust and our focus and our desire, uh, but also being known by Him. God, God has often used His words to, to assure me and you that he knows me and that he takes notice of me and my ministry and yours. Uh, Colossians 3, 22 through 24, Paul speaking to bond servants about, <clears throat> about what should, should and should not motivate people in their work. He says, bond servants obey the Lord in everything, you know, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. He, he would say, don't waver in, in eye service. Um, people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, you're fearing the Lord. So whatever you do, work heartily, ask for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. And he, he closes that thought with saying you are serving the Lord Christ. We, we, me and you who are privileged to be in ministry, are also bond servants for the Lord. We should work heartily, ask for the Lord, not for men. We, we know that the Lord is watching our work. Uh, and that that nothing we do in service goes unnoticed by him. So how can I be how can I be full of contentment, even when nobody outside of the local church will ever know my name? One big reason is that the Lord knows me. I can easily handle the fact that no one outside my church quote um, knows my name as long as that I know that he does. So number two, the joy of making God known. Um, Another key for contentment in, in, I guess, in quiet, out-of-the-way ministry settings um, is the joy of making God known in a place where he has particularly planted us, if I could borrow that term. There is great joy uh, to be found in abandoning the, the tireless endeavor, effort to be known and in favor of the far more, um, the far the far world. Um, if we will make our aim, this fulfilling aim to make God known, there, there's contentment there. And the second one, you know, making God known flows from the first, you know, as we search the scriptures daily, uh, seeking to know God better and praying that he will, you know, quote, make known to us the riches of his glory, Romans 9, 23. God graciously shows us more and more of his beauty. And this this beauty fills our hearts and so that we, we find great contentment and and great content, you know contentment producing joy in sharing with others what God has shown us you know about himself and about the great salvation that we have so often our sense of contentment is threatened when God um 
in his good and wise providence calls us to endure, you know, quote, a lean season uh, despite our best efforts to proclaim. Sometimes it's not good for you to get the results that you want because God knows your your proud heart. So, you know, one, one factor that can fuel discontentment during a, a drought season is our tendency to compare our situation and capabilities with those of other works and other pulpits and other, other ministries. Um, there was a conversation had a few years ago, um, a gifted, faithful preacher uh, from another part of a particular state, and he said that in the fast-growing area where he ministered, uh, his church averaged about 25 visitors each Sunday, mostly believers looking for a church home. That's that's kind of like what it is at Piedmont Road, anywhere from 25 to 50. Um, but even if a fraction of those visitors became members, uh, this this fellow said that, that they were certain to have a, quote, you know, fast-growing church on their hands. Obviously, not every, not every situation fits that pattern, and, and we must not, you know, envy situations or um preachers who have this situation or who can capitalize on this situation you can have visitors week in and week out like we do but sometimes they're professional visitors sometimes you're at a you're at a healthy place a healthy you know local area and there's a whole lot of great churches around there's people who don't place membership but they just want to float around you know so that just happens don't don't envy that necessarily it comes with its problems too um you're being being in a in a larger church. You've got challenges and faces that we fa- that that we face, um, that some of us face that are that that those of us in smaller churches wished we would never have. So just as we should not torpedo <laughs> our own contentment by comparing, you know, geographic or demographic situations with those in other places. We, we should also avoid comparing our gifts and, and our temperamental tendencies. Um, I, I, I've known, and, and I trust you have too, highly uh, admired faithful men who were gifted to accomplish great things in the church in a remarkable short span of time. Uh, I, I'm often marveled at the gifts of such men. It seems like everything they touch just turns to gold. But also be painfully aware that we may not be one of those. Uh, we all can sense that. Um, we all can if, if we're not careful. You know, God has gifted us uh, to devote ourselves to a, a ministry that demands patience and perseverance over the long haul. You know, all of us, Romans twelve six have gifts that, that differ according to the grace given to us. Of course, I know that context was miraculous, but the thought still applies. The principle still applies. You know, much contentment can be found especially during difficult seasons, by simply allowing God to give us clear insight into the gift mixed, if you will, that he's granted to us, being, being you know, awakened to what he, what God is doing. And, and this isn't some sort of miraculous, heemijimi, hocus-pocus. This is just looking at things and being aware and being con- conscious of the situation. You know, God has given all of us gifts to grace the local church, and we all should use those gifts as best as we can in the situations where we has where where he has sovereignly providentially placed us in those things, so there the next joy is the joy of knowing others. It's not just about making God known, but it but it is also the joy of knowing others, and this takes place in the smallest of churches and the largest of churches. It does not matter. This is one of those joys that God produces in the local church. The final key that God has used to sustain contentment in all of our obscure ministries is the joy of knowing other people. 
great contentment results when we lay aside the ambition to be known and instead pursue the far more rewarding joy of knowing other people and really knowing and really loving and really caring for those other people, especially when those people um, were privileged to preach uh, alongside or shepherd if you're an elder. Uh, and these joys are multiplied when 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 God would use us uh, to to devoting our labor to a particular people over a lifetime. There's a blessing, a very, very great blessing. I heard uh, Eddie Gilpin one time um, give a lecture at Polishing the Pulpit on why we should stay as long as we can stay. The blessings of, of long-tenured ministry at one particular place. And... Uh, and it was a great lecture. There were so many good things and good points that I took from that when I was there. There, There is a depth and, and, a, and a love, if you will, a depth of love and of, and of joy between the preacher and the people um, that only, quote, you know, a long marriage can produce. How wonderful when in God's plan he gives us those years. God has differing plans for different preachers. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but it's best not to prematurely pass over the significance of of God's sovereignty um, and his providence in placing us somewhere where we currently serve you know some of us can see the handwriting on the walls okay some of us can't uh, some of us there is no handwriting on the wall some of us are just anxious or nervous we've got to be ready to depart immediately for other fields of service if we see the handwriting on the wall if there's some sort of spiritual burnout that's taking place that cannot be healed from which that's another podcast for another day, but but we also have to be content in Him and so full of love for the church that we're delighted to serve those particular people for our whole lifetime. Uh, do you go into your work thinking I'm going to retire here or I'm going to die here? You know, uh, in a good way that this is where I'm going to spend the rest of my work. I feel like that all of us should. I think biblically we should have. Um, the longevity in mind, not just a short lily pad jump. I'll get this one, get this one, maybe get a bigger church, bigger church, and bigger church, and this and this, and I've got career goals and all this. We're servants. We're servants. We're not We're not in a popularity contest. We're not using the church's uh, stepping stones to get where we want. We should not do that. I think that that's distasteful. I think it's gross when I hear preachers talk about their next work when they just got to another one. Um I've heard him say that say that sort of stuff before, and I just felt bad for the church because I felt like he's not fully devoted uh, when he's thinking about somebody else. I think that's just how it is. Um, if you're dating a girl, you're not going to say, "Well, the next girlfriend that I have, <laughs> just go ahead and turn that other one loose," because you're not you're not devoted to her. Um, I've been I've been grateful that God has allowed me to stay where I am. Um, for X number of years and where I was before that. And I pray that, that God allows me to stay here for the rest of my time here. I, I pray that's what his will is because I, I know that there are in, incomparable delights when God gives us such a love for people and God allows us to, to have that love for people and, and knowing those people and, and growing those people and growing alongside those people and what those people can do for you. Um, that sort of wonderful blessing is something that 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 church that being known outside of your particular local church can't can't touch. You know, um, all of us have great stories of people that we know, people whose children we watch be born into this world. We 
we we bring in the the babies and we bury we bury the old and we walk with everybody this and that and we 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 labor alongside all of those are 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 great great things and and all of us have great stories who can who can relate to the local church and loving people and the blessings that have that come from loving those people so for this fellow who's been there for 20 years um I'm sure there are a whole lot of blessings, a whole lot of blessings that you're enjoying that some people who are quote famous aren't enjoying uh, because they're not they're not allowed to stay someplace for a very long time. They're they're having to bounce around. Some are having to leave local work altogether and go on the road and uh, and spread their spread their knowledge everywhere. They're they're so highly sought after that that um, it's just the nature of who they are. You know, I've been in a I've been in local work since 2012, and um, this will be, I would say, August will be 10 years, and um, some of you have done three or four times as much, but it's something to think about, that uh, you're able to stay somewhere for a long period of time and uh, enjoy those fruits. Um, what we find out is when we when we love God's people, our hearts are knitted together, uh, we have so many shared experiences. Uh, we attend each other's stuff, our kids, our parents, grandparents, this, that, and the other. We've grieved together. We've we've rejoiced together. We, we've, um, when we lose, we all lose. When we gain, we all gain. We're truly one-hearted people. We're one family. We're one in Christ. And so may all of these joys be yours, you know, um, these three that we've talked about today, being known by God. That's, that's, that's the most superior joy being um knowing and being known by god and then then the joy of making god known and then the joy of knowing other people um all of those are blessings that come with long tenure uh shift your contentment from from trusting in man and man's praise and man's strength and just just stay where you are um as long as you're content with those particular things um that's that would be that would be the the advice I'd give to myself, and that I would I would um, give to you. And so Nehemiah eight and verse ten, the joy of the Lord uh, will be your strength. And that word strength there is translated stronghold. That's the only time that it's not trans translated stronghold. I don't know why. The context doesn't even fit strength. It always fits stronghold. The happiness that you have in God. This is not God's God's joy for you. This is your joy in God. Just be happy in God. Be happy in God. Be content with God. And that will be your stronghold that will uphold you, your fortress of solitude. Um, so just just be happy about God. Be happy about what you have you have been witnessed. Um, you've been able to witness in God's work through you all of those years. Uh, just love the Lord. Love his people. And uh, heaven will be your home. And let that joy be your stronghold. <laughs> 